0: You know what this Wednesday is? It's the first day of fall, September 23rd, the first day of fall. And we live in Colorado. What's not to love about fall in Colorado? I mean, we accidentally left the window open last night. It was kind of cold this morning when I woke up, turned the coffee pot on, and it was it's cold enough in the morning where you maybe need a little hoodie and it's a little crisp, getting ready to take the kids to school. But by noon, the sun's shining and it's already... Beaten on the front side of the school there as you leave this morning. I love that about Colorado. If you're a sports fan, which I know we have a few in here, it's football season, right? I know. Broncos are 2-0. and Buffs beat the Rams yesterday. Oh, some my CSU friends are upset about that, but uh, it was a good game. But baseball is getting ready to be in the playoffs, but we know that's a whole other subject here in Colorado with our beloved Rockies, and uh, that's we should fast or something for them but we'll we'll figure that out hockey's coming too so it's good stuff i want to read to you two verses from the book of genesis about the change in seasons that just as fall has arrived past summer winter's coming then it'll be spring then it'll be summer and god set that in motion heat when he created the earth. It says this in Genesis 1, 14 and 15. Then God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days and years. Let these lights in the sky shine down on the earth. And that is what happened. Then it says in Genesis eight twenty two, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. So the, the seasons change like it or not, it's, it's, it's going to happen. We're going to have summer. We're going to have fall. We're going to have spring we're gonna, winter and then spring and so on. so notice I tried to get rid of winter there. That's a, <laughs> I'd love to do that, but it, it's just the way it happens in the physical, natural way, well, there are seasons that, that we go through in life. There are seasons to life. For example, if you're married, there are seasons in marriage. There's a springtime. There's a summer. You go through fall sometimes changes. Sometimes there's that winter where marriage is difficult and you go through those and, and you experience the different seasons in marriage, parenting, relationships, life in general brings seasons. Fall means back to school and uh, I saw many of your Facebook pages that I'm Facebook friends with, and your kids went back to school, and you put them in their very best. They don't look like that anymore when they go to school, right? But the first day of school, you got to look proper and perfect, and you take a picture of it and preserve the first day of kindergarten, or maybe it was the first day of first grade. And with that change... It brought some excitement for the kids, but for you as a parent, it was like, ah, no, this is a change. How do I slow this process of my kids growing down and, and, and it's a little bit painful? I know it's a new season for me. Um, as, as a parent, we have two in high school still and one that went, we took off to college. And to experience that season of life, I mean, I remember day they were born like yesterday and all of a sudden what you're in college and you know a long ways away from here now it's a a different season and change is funny I want you to get this change is a funny thing because especially these seasons changing in our life it always brings about a sense of, of gain and excitement for some and a sense of loss and pain for others so when as those seasons change when we took chase my oldest daughter to, to Bible college, I was expecting this really emotional, you know, hard thing that, you know, for me, I could, I was getting all worked up for, you know, when I found out she was leaving. And, uh, you know, for her, it was like, I was getting ready to come in for the big hug and we were going to sob and cry for a little bit. And she was like, see you dad, time for you to go. <laughs> you know, it's my adventure later. And I was like, Oh, okay, it did actually help me a little bit. But for me, it was a sense of loss. For her, it's a sense of gain. You hear what I'm saying? That's important that we understand that throughout this whole series and where, wherever it is, what season you find yourself in. It says, as Grant read in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1, for everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. So we're starting this series today called Seasons Change, and you're going to hear at the end of the message a little bit more how you can get the very most out of God's Word with a couple vehicles that we've uh, prayed about and designed. The whole leadership team has prayed and put a lot of effort into this, and you're going to hear about how you can get the most out of that at the end of this message. But today, I really just want to kind of get us started right in that how can you and I prepare for the seasons to change in life? How do we prepare for the things that sometimes seasons catch us off guard? We weren't ready for the difficult season. How do we understand the the seasons of life? Everybody in this room, you're in a season. Maybe you're in a difficult season right now. Maybe it's a health issue. It's a relational issue. You're in a difficult time. Maybe things are really going good for you. Maybe uh, you're in that season of change as a parent. Maybe it's a lonely season. Maybe it's a season of failure. Maybe there's been a failure not so long ago and you're you're reeling from that and you're in this season where you're trying to overcome that and know what God has for you. So whatever stage you find yourself in, God has something for you. So the changing of the seasons, you can write this down, the changing of the seasons should remind me first and foremost that I'm not God and they're beyond my control. As much as... I hate winter. I don't get to stop winter. I'm from Colorado. I'm a native, born and raised here, and I don't like snow. And I know some of you are kind of thinking, I'm a humbug. And what about Christmas? Yeah, I could. Uh, I love Christmas, but I could do with. I could do it with a palm tree rather than a regular Christmas tree. But I do am proud of our state. But as much as I would love to stop that, it's a fact. You know, there's no more baseball in the winter too, and that just. Even though our team is horrible, it's the fact that it's winter. i got to shovel snow. i got to brush snow off my car when I leave and all that comes with that. I love summertime. It could be Fourth of July year-round. I'd be a happy camper. But I don't get to do that. And here's what I want you to get from that. As much as we can't stop the literal seasons of life from changing, I need to tell you that you can't stop the season you're in. You're in a season right now. You have to go through it. Just as we got to endure fall and winter to get back to springtime, you're in a season, you got to endure it. you got to go through it. It says in Ecclesiastes 3.11, It is beautiful how God has done everything at the right time. He has put a sense of eternity in people's minds. Yet mortals still can't grasp what God is doing from the beginning to the end of time. And so God's sovereign over the seasons of life, and he's sovereign. He knows the beginning from the end. And so if you're in a season of grief, a season of loss, a season of loneliness, you really can't control that. But one thing you do get to control is your attitude. You get to control your attitude and your, your approach to it. And as he said, mortals still can't grasp what God is doing from beginning to the end of time. The seasons of life, it can be confusing. It can be really confusing. I mean, you might be thinking to yourself, why is this happening? Why am I in this season? I don't understand. You throw your hands up, say, I don't understand. Why is this happening? Well, Let me help you out here real quick. If we could understand everything that God understands, we'd be God. But we're not. He's God and we're not. He's the creator, we're the creation. We're never going to understand everything that God understands. The Bible teaches that we live by faith, not by explanations. And often we want an explanation for why we're in the season we're in, or why did this happen? Why did that happen? I don't know. And sometimes you just have to say, I don't know, I'm not God. But I'm going to trust him. We live by faith. God doesn't owe anybody any explanation. for for what happens. He doesn't. But he has, we we can find truth in the word and we can find hope, but he doesn't owe us an explanation. He asks you and I to live by faith. And so I think often understanding the season of life that you're in, you understand it, it follows, understanding follows rather than precedes it. And, uh, but you can prepare knowing that those seasons are coming. Second thing I would tell you that we, uh, the change of the season should remind us is that God has a purpose in every season. He has a purpose in every season. You're in a lonely season, he has a purpose for you. You're in a sad season, you're in a, a doubting season, he has a purpose in your doubts. He has a purpose to allow you to go through this season that he wants you to, to grow in. Maybe you're in a season of waiting a season of temptation, season of stress. God has a purpose in every season. And you may think to yourself, well, how do you know he has a purpose in every season? Well, first of all, if you're not a believer, and you're, I'm so glad that people who are unsure about their faith, maybe even skeptical, come to novation. There's always an open door. You can belong before you believe. You don't have to have it all figured out. Uh, We want you to believe. We believe that you should believe, and you're gonna hear that over and over, but you can belong before you believe. And maybe today you're saying, I don't know about this Jesus thing. I don't know about this church thing. Um, How do you know God has a purpose in the season of life that I'm in? What I know is he is drawing you to himself in the season of life you find yourself in. If you're lonely today, and you're experiencing a deep sense of loneliness, he is using that loneliness to draw you to him. He's using failure to draw you to him, to understand that he created you with a purpose and has a better purpose for your life than anything you could you could ever dream. But if you if you're a believer today, I got really good news for you. Look what Romans 8:28 says. It says, "And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them." What a promise. So whatever season of life you're in, he has a purpose for this. If you're a believer today, there's a couple things I want you to notice about this, this little verse here. It's jam packed with truth. If you'd put that verse back up, he says, and we know that God causes everything to work for good. That's a, he doesn't say we see. We want to see it. Show me, God, how this is all going to work out. When you're in the middle of a difficult season of life, you want to see how this is going to all work out, don't you? I do. Otherwise, I'm like, I don't know if I signed up for this thing. What did I I get myself into here? Show me how this is going to work out. It doesn't work like that. He says, we know. And to know is a faith, issue of faith inside of our hearts. And he says, God causes everything to work together for the good He doesn't call evil good. God doesn't call what you're going through good. But he will work it for good because he's sovereign. Because he's God. He can work it for good. And and listen, if you're not a believer, according to this passage, and I didn't make this up, this is in God's word, I can't promise you that everything's going to work for good in your life. Because he said everything works for the good for those who love God. People who center their life around God. That doesn't mean you're perfect. That doesn't mean that that life goes smoothly and perfect and that you never fail. That's not what that means. But the person who has said yes to God, yes to Jesus, and said, I want to center my life around him. I want to be his disciple. I want to follow him. I want to trust that he died for all my wrongdoings, all my sin and selfishness. I can promise you from this, he's going to work whatever it is you're going through. Even your sin, he will work for your good. It's a pretty amazing promise. If you're a believer, nothing comes into your life that hasn't been filtered by by God himself. That's a beautiful thing to understand. I find that very comforting. Another thing that this change in the seasons should remind us is that they include both good times and bad times. The change of the seasons, seasons of life, include good and bad times. Life is full of ups and downs. Life is full of joy and sorrow. I mean, that's just the way life is. Grant read the, that passage of Scripture in Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8, and it listed 28 different uh, seasons of life, different experiences in life. Time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to harvest, etc., etc. So that life is, is filled with that. And I think a lot of times people who are investigating Jesus or people who, really haven't read the Bible, but they they believe in Jesus, but they really don't know what the Bible says, sometimes we think God has promised things that he hasn't promised. And we get mad at God when things don't go our way or somebody does us wrong, somehow it was God's fault. Well, Jesus promised something in scripture that we gotta take a hold of. He said this, he said, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Check this out. Here on earth... You will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. Does he say you might have trials and sorrows? No, he said you will. If you're in a trial today and you're in a test today, Jesus promised that we were going to go through whatever it is that's testing our faith. And he wants us to grow from it. And he wants you and I to experience peace in the middle of the difficulty, joy in spite of circumstances that we could never have or understand unless we were anchored to Jesus. And then fourth thing that the season should remind me is this. What I sow in one season, I will reap in another. What I sow in one season of life, I'm gonna reap in the next season, regardless. It's the law of sowing and reaping. I mean, you go and plant carrot seeds in the ground, you're not going to get potatoes. That's just a law, right? And that, that law of sowing and reaping is true spiritually. It's true in relationships. It's true in every part of our life. What The seeds that we plant into our life, the seeds we sow, are going to produce a harvest, good or bad, in our lives. And so think about, think about all the hard work that a, that a farmer does. You know, in springtime, in, in one season of spring, he gets the, the soil ready and tills the, 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 the soil and fertilizes it and prepares that soil. Then puts the seed in and then waters it and then waits and waits for it to grow. And then he waters it some more and he waits some more and then boop, out bops a little, little beginning of, of the crop. And watches and so he begins to protect that crop and keep the grasshoppers and the the bugs away, prays that it won't hail right on his crop, and goes through all that in one season to reap a harvest in the in the next season. And that is the way life works for us as well. We reap what we sow. So I would tell you this: whatever season of life you find yourself in, if you're in a season of failure, a season of difficulty and stress, a season of loneliness. Whatever you find yourself in, sow the good things of God into that season so that in the next season you reap a harvest of good thing, his good things for you, his promises for you. I remember going through a major season of doubt. I've been through a few. But I went through a major season of doubt where I didn't know if, I mean, I was following Jesus and I knew that he was, I had experienced him and so forth. But man, I, I had a, some challenges to my faith that made me go, is this even real? I mean, it was a tough, tough season. And I was in that season of doubt and I'm by no means bragging on anything that I did. I just remember going to the scriptures. And I wanted to know why I believed we were supposed to believe what we believe. And what does the Bible really say about God? What does it really say about life? What does the Bible really say about me and his purpose for me? And I remember just going deeper and deeper. And I felt so alone and barren. And it was winter of the soul for me. But it produced, sowing the good things of God in his word into my life produced a new outlook in the next season. When I got out of that winter season, springtime came around spiritually. And I remember feeling strong in my faith and, and, and God's been so good to me. I'm glad I went through that season. That's my whole point. When you're in a season of life, sow the good things of God. Do you know that we have to have a winter? Fruit trees have to have a winter in order to, to bear fruit the next, the next season. That when you see this winter, you see this barren fruit tree that has no leaves and no life, and you just look at it, it looks almost dead. That tree has to go through that experience so that the root systems go deeper and looking and growing and finding you know, the nutrients that it needs and so forth. It has to go through winter. We kind of do too, spiritually speaking. You have to go through those seasons to produce fruit in your life. Think about athletes. Here we are, it's Broncos are 2-0. and oh. And man, Broncos have a good defense. And they have some athletes that are amazing that these guys are big and strong and fast as the wind. And you know what, all off season, they lifted weights, they ate right, They they worked out, they kept their bodies in tune to get to this regular season where they're now finally playing. You don't just show up and say, here I am, coach, put me in. No, they they did the good things that they needed to do to be where they needed to be at the start of the season. That goes for us as well. Here's the truth about sowing and reaping. Some of us find ourselves in the season of life that we're in right now because of what you sowed a couple seasons before. That happens in parenting, that happens in marriages, that happens in our relationship with God. And sometimes we want to sow our oats, if you will, and then we pray for crop failure. (laughs) But it doesn't work like that. You, You reap what you sow. And so if you find yourself in a season of difficulty because you sowed bad things, that doesn't mean it's over for you. It just means you get, you get to know Jesus a lot better and you learn, you learn how to depend upon him and you learn how to humble yourself and you learn about the finished work of Jesus on your behalf and you will, be, you will grow in this season. It says about those who, who do what God says to do in, the Psalm, chapter, in Psalm 1, people who, who do what God says to do, it says this, they're like trees planted along the riverbank bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. So then the challenge to be those fruit bearing trees comes from this challenge in the book of Galatians chapter six, verse nine, Paul writes, he says, so let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. It takes patience. It takes patience in parenting, marriage. Maybe it's ministry. Maybe you're waiting on God to open a door when it comes to ministry and you're bored at your job, you're unfulfilled. Listen, keep sowing the good things of God and in due time, you'll reap the harvest. So regardless of what season of life you're in, there's a couple questions I think we need to ask in each season of life. First of all, what does God want me to learn in this season of life? What does he want me to learn? Don't we always want to fast forward out of a difficult season? Like that movie where the guy had the universal remote and boom, he could just fast forward out of a cold or a difficult season. He, he just clicked the button and boom, we'd be out of it. We want that. We, when we're in elementary school, we want to be in middle school. When we're in middle school, we want to be in high school. High school, college, get out of college so I can get made, on and on and on. We're always wishing for the different season. And God wants us along the way to appreciate the season that we're in and learn from him. There are only some things in life that you can learn through experience, on the job training. I mean, you can read books about parenting and watch other people parent, but until you're a parent, you don't, get, you don't really get it. Um, I learned that in being a lead pastor versus an associate pastor. I was an associate pastor for 16 years. Had It was great, and it's not that that was easy by any means, but moving from that into this role of lead pastor and starting a church with you guys and, and all that this has been—it's been a whole new ball game of gut ache and difficulties and and sorrows and and great thing, you know triumphs, and high points and low points because it's a new set of responsibilities. And I read books about leadership, books on lead pastor, and talk to it until you do it. You just got to go through it sometimes. So what does God want you and I to learn in every season? I know this, life is a test. Life's a test that, that prepares us for eternity. God is using this life for us. and We don't get a whole lot of time, even if the person that lives to be 100 years old, that is still a short amount of time compared to eternity. And life is a preparation for eternity. It's school for eternity, when we go to heaven, we're not just gonna fly around and play harps like all the little foolish things that people believe. We're gonna, we're gonna know God in a way that we, we, we don't experience him here because we're still blocked by this you know, body and we still live in a world of, of, of sin and sorrow. The new heavens and the new earth are gonna be awesome and we're, we're, we're not gonna float around. We're gonna get new bodies. So life is gonna be, much as we know it, but perfect. Because God's presence will be perfect with us and there won't be any sin and sorrow. So what we do in this life does ring into eternity. How we spend our lives here is going to, we're going to be rewarded in heaven, we're told. So I would say, pray this, that the psalmist prays in Psalm 143, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me on level ground. God wants us to learn that he is the point of life. He wants us to learn that. And so whatever season you're in, hopefully you're you're learning that God is the center of the universe, not you and not me. That life doesn't revolve around me or you, but it revolves around him in doing his will. He wants you to know that Jesus died for you and he has an eternal love that he set upon you before you were ever even born. And because we went wayward and chose to do our own thing and be our own boss, he came and atoned for that sin and selfishness by sending Jesus to die for you. And so that when you, and he rose from the dead and triumphed over sin in the grave so that you and I could have new life and real life. God wants us to learn that. He wants us to learn character quality, new character qualities. He wants to mold and shape our character into the likeness of Jesus. It says in the book of Hebrews, for our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we may share in his holiness. Listen, when God disciplines his children, it's never out of anger and frustration. Parents, ah, we freak out on our kids and don't you ever do that again, da, 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 da. You know, how dare you, you should know. That's not how God rolls. God does not discipline out of anger he he knows exactly what we need in a season of life to mold our character to humble us to change us to make us more like Jesus the apostle Paul he wrote the book of Philippians from prison he was in prison for preaching the gospel for doing what I'm doing right now and what we have done as a church he was in jail that was the time back then so he was in, and there are other brothers and sisters in Christ who go to jail for sharing Jesus in the world still today. So you've got to always remember that. This is a freedom that we should never take for granted, that we pray for those churches and folks, our brothers and sisters in Christ, that it's illegal to be a Christian. <laughs> Paul went to prison and from prison penned the book of Philippians. And he said this in verse, chapter four, verse 11, "Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. He was saying, you know what, if I have plenty or I don't have anything, I've learned the secret and it's to be, it's, I've learned the secret of contentment and that's where the famous verse 13 comes from. The secret of contentment is that regardless of what season of life I'm in, difficult or good, uh, painful or, 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 or gain or whatever I'm going through. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the context of that passage that we we speak all the time. So we can go through whatever we're going through because we have Christ who strengthens us. It's important that we understand that. What discipleship class, what school of learning of, of him, of Jesus, maybe is he wanting you to graduate from? Think with me from, from that kind of, for a moment. There, maybe right now you're in the school of trust. Maybe, and you can write that down, that's one of your blanks there. Maybe, is he teaching you how to trust? Is he teaching you that when everything looks dark and bleak and it's all, no money in the bank, nothing, all of this, that you're still gonna look upward to him and trust him? Maybe you're in the school of faithfulness. The school of faithfulness is where maybe you are bored. Maybe you are um, feel unchallenged. Will you be faithful in the little things, in your relationships, um, in the community, in your, in your, at your workplace, at church? Will you be faithful and continue to and pass that course, if you will? You're always going to grow in trust. You're always going to grow in faithful. But there are things that God purposefully allows in our life so that we can learn how to be faithful. Maybe it's humility. Maybe you're in the school of humility where where you're you're learning how to be humble like Jesus and to prefer others rather than you, to realize this isn't about you and that apart from him, we can do nothing. Maybe it's the school of contentment like Paul. Maybe you're, you're learning to be content with what God has given you and you're learning to be content with the season of life you find yourself in. I left one blank there because, I don't know, there's plenty more opportunities of things that maybe God, where is it that he has you right now that you think maybe you could write down and say, maybe he's trying to teach me this right now in this season of life. Write that down and pray about it this week. Next question I think we should ask in every season is this, what can I be thankful to God for in this season of life? I love what Rick Warren said when his wife got cancer he said when my wife got cancer I used to think of life as a seasons of ups and downs it was a season of not ups and downs but mountaintops and valleys you know I'm on the mountaintop but then now I'm in the going through a season of valleys and he said he'd kind of learned that it's more like two rails on a railroad track that you need both of those rails to get to where you're going the where the train's going to go but one of those rails represents the fact that there's always something difficult going on in life. There's always a problem in life that you're having to deal with, health, relational, financial, whatever it is. The other rail is there's always something I can be thankful to God for in this season and to see them both simultaneously. So if you're in a difficult season, what can you be thankful for? I can tell you this, regardless of what season you're in, if you're following Jesus and trusting in him, you have the hope of eternal life. And that no matter what happens in this life, you're going to go and be with him when you pass on. I mean, that's always something we come back to. But learn the promises of God. Learn Realize that God's working in and through every situation. You can be thankful for that. I was talking with a, with a brother the other day, and their, their home life and family, marriage, is being stressed out by money. Join the club, right? I mean, the financial stretching and difficulties. And, and I think there was... You know, as we were having the conversation, it was like he had a light bulb moment that I have things to be thankful for in this difficult season. We have our health, we have each other. You know, and all of a sudden he just had a change in in attitude. It was awesome. It was a game changer. Look, there's a command in Scripture that I think is one of the most difficult commands, and that's First Thessalonians 5:18. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Wow, that's pretty tough to do. How do you be thankful in every circumstance? Well, all of God's commands are for our good. And so he knows that when we are thankful and we look for things to be thankful for, it stirs the good things of God in our life and it keeps us focused. There's two ways people change. Maybe today you're desperate for change in your life you want, you know, you want to circumstances change. You want to change as a person. You want your character to change. Two ways people normally learn. It's through inspiration or desperation. And we can hear a good message. We can read a good book, watch a movie and be inspired to, hey, I want to do better. I want to change. I want to fill in the blank. That doesn't last a whole often. What, what lasts is when you go through a season of life of challenges and difficulty and failure, and you're desperate. And at the end of the day, you're so desperate for God that you actually encounter him. You're so desperate in this season that you actually receive grace and you receive his, his truth and you receive his joy. That's when people begin to change. The person who says, man, all I got is Jesus has everything. He is our everything. We sang about that. So we have that to always be thankful for. Another question we should ask is this, what should I, what should be my focus in this season of life? What should be my focus? What should I be focusing on? I like what Paul says in Ephesians five about this. He says, live life then with a due sense of responsibility, not as men who do not know the meaning and purpose of life, but as those who do. Make the best use of your time despite all the difficulties of these days. Don't be vague, but, be firmly grasp, but firmly grasp what you know to be the will of God. Make doing the will of God your focus in every season. God, what is your will in this season of life that I find myself in? The last question I would say is this. Ask this. How can I serve others in this season of life? How can I serve others? People call that look around therapy. When you're going through a difficulty, look around you. Someone's always hurting, maybe with the same situation you're in. Minister to them, serve them, bless somebody. When you do that and you give of yourself, that's when you find yourself, you know, truly going to grow yourself. It says in Proverbs do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. The other morning at drop in prayer, Phil Voss and Mark and I were praying together, and at the end of our prayer time, Phil told us a little story about his grandson, Aiden. I told Phil I was going to tell this story, because it was too good not to share. It was perfect for this. They were at the doctor's office, and, and you know, Aiden's an elementary school age, and uh, they were at the doctor, and Phil said that, I don't remember if he said it was like you were playing a game or something, but over on, on his phone, and behind him was this young teenage girl who kind of had her hoodie pulled over, and was obviously feeling a little distraught and difficult, whatever she was going through. And Phil said, Aiden walked up to her and, and he just said, hi, how are you? You know, cute little face came out. Hey, how are you? And somebody was willing. Instead said it just, she kind of lit up over that. Phil, as a grandpa was so proud of Aiden. He just said, man, I wish I would have been in tune enough to turn around and say and acknowledge this person's existence. Good job, good job, Aiden. And Phil, you're a good man, so good job to you too. I wanna, I wanna show you um, a clip. I've actually showed this before. Uh, it's worth showing again. It's from the movie Patch Adams, where Robin Williams plays a doctor. And you talk about someone serving others in this season of life, new se- uh, a different season of life or a difficult season of life. This is a true story. And this guy, Patch Adams, that Robin Williams is playing, had been through a very difficult season of life and got this understanding that if he served others and he used the gift of humor that God had given him, that he would be able to make life better for other people. So check out what happens in this clip. The best way that we're going to get the, the, the most out of this series is a couple of things that we feel like God is really going to, can use to, to help you grow. And that's, for you to get involved in a home group over the next six weeks there are, there's a, a flyer uh, on your chair that you can look at and, 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 and that and then we've also written a devotional around the seasons and I've asked both Joel who is over home groups and Chris who spearheaded uh, the devotional come out here and share a little bit on how you can get the most out of both those two vehicles Joel
1: So. Uh, As Scott referenced, all of you should have a little flyer on your seat uh, that uh, gives a listing of all the the home groups that are available to you. Uh, I'd really like to just invite you to uh, join a home group and uh, make that commitment to participate for the next six weeks. Um, You know, if I look back on my life, some of the best times of growth for me in my walk were when I was doing it with... Uh, others, other brothers and sisters in Christ, and uh, so take take advantage of this opportunity to be a part of this season of seasons, uh, and join a uh, join a small group. Um, if you've considered it before, but you're afraid of uh, time commitment or uh, childcare things of that nature, uh, we have a lot of different options. There's groups that meet throughout the week. Many of them um, are kid friendly. Um, novation is full of kids and so we've got families with lots of kids so don't let that be a hindrance also if timing is difficult there's a group that meets Sunday mornings Uh, Darcy and Annette will lead that starting next week so you can come before church and uh, participate there there's also a group that meets Sunday nights uh, while the middle schoolers are off doing their things. so there's plenty of opportunities Um, please join In order to join, there's uh, a couple different ways. You can go out on the website, you can use the app, you can uh, contact any of our home group leaders, and uh, we'd love to have you join. Joel, and the the first
0: group starts tonight, right?
1: First group starts tonight, yes. It's starting this week, so the first group is tonight, and then um, all the others will follow suit the rest of the week.
0: Chris Ingalls, ladies and gentlemen. My name's
2: Chris, I'm nobody. I don't have a title behind my name, so Um, I am here. uh, You know, first of all, Joel kind of mentioned it a little bit. This past Thursday, an email came out. If you are on the email list of Novation, an email came out giving you information about the devotional and home groups. There was a link on there that would take you to the website, so if you don't get emails from Novation, no biggie go out to novationchurch.org, a couple of clicks on the website, and it will take you through to where you can see the list of home groups and get information about this devotional as well. Maybe, though, for some of you who, you know, mobile device users, that kind of thing, you say, you know what, Chris, <laughs> website that's old school, we have great information. How many of you guys have smartphones or some sort of device tablet out here? Keep hands up for a second. If you don't have the app, take your hand down. Okay guys, there are teenagers sitting back here in the bleacher. If you do not know how on your particular device to get to the Novation Church app and download that thing, it is a 10 megabyte download, meaning even in the weak signal that we get in here, you're talking about 30 seconds that thing will download your device. There's two sitting right in the back one of them's name's Damian the other one's Colton Both good-looking guys back there be more than happy to help you figure out how to get that app on your phone Or other mobile device. Okay, Damian were you on your phone during? I'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) Very helpful Uh, Okay, so my real goal guys, that's all about ease of access because again just a couple of things this devotional Um, that I want to share with you just a little bit more about, but website, app, um, email, it all leads you so that you can get online and get that daily devotional either emailed to your inbox or read it online, okay? If you're one of those that would still like to have the physical paper, then, you know, after we're done here, either see Janelle back there or myself, we'll be back there and we'll figure out something for you on that as well. Um, the devotional. It's funny when I was thinking about what do I want to share about this. Um, many years ago, <laughs> I, I had a theology professor um, in my in Bible school, and lo and behold, he's sitting second fro, second row this morning. So <laughs> <laughs> many years ago, and, and I say that. it was for year for me. It was many years ago i look back at pictures from back then i have gotten older dr Fraze has not changed so find that <laughs> um, yeah many years ago and I, and I hope i honor the man's instruction and mentor in my life in this but but he would tell us students back there he's more than a theology professor he would teach us ministry teach us about the spirit of God, but he would, he would tell us that God longs to honor the efforts of people who volunteer their time and their talent, either out of obedience to God or out of service to others. And I hope I honor what his instruction, I'm looking at him, he won't see me. This devotional was not something that Novation Church went out and purchased, that's been professionally written, it's been professionally edited, professionally marketed. If you were to look around the room this morning, you would see someone around you that contributed as an author to this devotional. Guys, this is written by the people around you out of sincere heart and desire to serve God and to serve you. Can I encourage you with everything that's in me? God will honor their efforts and you will reap the rewards of that in taking part with this devotional in the next, few weeks.
0: It starts tomorrow, so you start reading tomorrow, you can start your home group tonight, if that particular home group works for you, pick one during the week, or come back next Sunday morning pre-service at 845, child care available, and they do start promptly on the Sunday morning one, so um, let's do this together, let's grow in these different seasons of life that we're in.